Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. So I started a face uh, like a separate Facebook account just for like the political stuff because uh, I, I got I realized that I was getting like way too into the weeds and most of my just like normal friends uh, who I'm friends with on Facebook don't give a shit about any of that stuff. So so I have a Facebook account that I post all of this stuff to as well. And I, like I'll still share it to my regular account because I do have some friends who do actually care about that, but. But I've, I've tried to get away from completely spamming my regular account with uh, all of this kind of stuff. And then Twitter yeah. is just uh, I don't, like. Twitter's fun. Yeah, Twitter's <laughs> fun. Like, it's... Yeah, I don't, I don't even really use Facebook. Like pretty much like uh, I probably use MeWe more. Well, maybe not more. About the same as I use Facebook now. Because I have like multiple socials where I'll distribute my stuff up, but Facebook's like basically all I use it for is like promoting my show, and that's it. Because like it, like I did the same thing too. Where I had that like period of time where like I wasn't, I was like having problems with uh not problems, but it was just like it, it would be like arguments, and it was much more of a normie crowd because it was like my Facebook for that I've had for like since I was a kid, you know, since I was in high school. So it was like I had all my friends, family, all that shit. So I mean, it wasn't as fun. So because you always had to be like, I can't really like i can't really get too heated with my aunt you know what i mean because i might like my grandma might talk to my mom or some shit you know like and i still would just because that's just how i am because uh like but i I just it felt like it allowed me to maybe go to a deeper level so i ended up making an alt so like this name's a pseudonym i've been pretty open about that a lot of people so this is a made-up name and so then that like i don't know kind of opened my eyes it was like more fun because i was able to like use it to like interact but then facebook got to the point to where it was like Dude, I was getting zucked like all the time. Like legit, I went on like Facebook, I think like a month or two ago, just like and I think it was like within like I, I started messaging with my buddy just because I saw something that like caught my eye. And it was my buddy. I think I called him like a retard or something, just but like joking around, but like because it was like like a buddy to buddy type thing. And like boom, they got me. I was like, Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> like, I haven't used this at this friggin' godforsaken app for like months. Come on, like have like one comment and you you hit me again. So I, I have a theory that the way the algorithm works is that like they once you start getting in trouble, they start watching you more, which makes sense. But like I got to the point where it was just unenjoyable. Like they were getting me for 
And it wasn't even like, a, like I could, if I put some like crazy shit up and it was like, uh, like really offensive, like I'd be like, ah, okay, whatever. I mean, like, I, I think it's stupid. You're pulling it, but whatever. I get where you're coming from. But like, there was stuff that would just be like, this is, there's nothing bad about this. It's just like mildly political. And you're like, nope. <laughs> so like, yeah, I don't or know. Stuff like that's, or stuff that's like blatantly, clearly a joke. Uh, yeah. a, a buddy had posted, I've got a buddy that lives up in uh, Canada, like around Winnipeg. And he had posted something that was like Canadians pulling a giant sled behind a truck and throwing somebody for, a you know, it was something just dumb and hilarious. And I said, those crazy Canadians. And then I got uh, I got that removed and got like a two day ban because I said those crazy Canadians like yeah. <laughs> because that could be offensive. Like what? <laughs> it's very clearly a joke because of yeah. the video. Like I'm I wasn't. How was that offensive? Huh? Yeah, I, I I bounced from Facebook when I uh, like the 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 straw that bounced the the that broke the camel's back or whatever was like uh, I made a post. This is right around that time when all the weird election stuff going on and um like with like Facebook and stuff. And I made a post and it was a it was a Mussolini quote and it was uh it was the quote was like uh I forget exactly so I might be wrong so don't anyone listening don't hold me to it but it, it was like a um. Corp or was it uh fascism it more accurately could be called corporatism because it's a merger of corporate and state or it's not republic and state or something like that right and then they hit me with it and it was like for me that was like for one it's not even that bad like this is just a historical quote and then, like it was just so ironic like like really like i'm because in a sense it kind of is calling facebook out because it's like you guys are merged with state like you're literally engaged in fascism like that's what fascism does is blurs the line of the state and what's state and what's public you know or you know what i mean or what's public and what's private or whatever. So that one, I was like, all right, I'm not using this other than just like promote or something. Cause I, I do have like, I had a ton of, ton of connects in there. Although I don't know if they did some shit with the algorithm. Cause now I get like almost no traction on Facebook, even though I have like a, I had a ton of people on my Facebook used to be popping. Like, cause I, I kind of like went crazy with that account because it was my alt. Like with my, my first account, it was like, I was a little more reserved because it was like my, it was for like family and friends and stuff. So, but yeah, I, I, I think Facebook definitely does. Uh, take action to uh like clock you or kind of scale back the the reach that you have like when i first started doing this i initially started out as just like short 10 to 15 minute uh like little videos that i would just kind of rant about something and those would get two three hundred views on facebook and after after a while uh it started getting like severely like it went from I was getting two to 300 views on a video to maybe 15 or 20 and like nothing, nothing changed. It didn't, it wasn't like I stopped uh, saying inflammatory shit or anything like that. Like the, the topics didn't change. The, the way I approached it didn't change. The videos didn't change uh, the way I was uploading it. Like nothing changed about it, but all of a sudden, like there's nothing there. And yeah, no, I totally get that. Yeah, I had I've seen stuff like that. It's I don't know. And also I told it for the Facebook one, it makes sense to you. I, I bet you they have something that's like the more you engage with an app, the more it like extends your reach. Cause like, I mean, that would make sense. It kind of uh subconsciously incentivizes its usage. But like, yeah, I do definitely think there's that as well. Like I definitely noticed that. Like when I first uh started doing my podcast, I just came out of Facebook and we had like I had like a big old uh group that I was an admin of. Like I was one of the main admins and it got it had gotten pretty big and it was 
like it was pretty like I had a lot of engagement, a lot of stuff was happening. Like it was already like branching off to separate chapters and stuff. And like I kind of like my podcast initially was to be kind of like an offshoot of it. And like when I first started, I was getting like uh like literally when I first started, because most people when they first start YouTube, it's like or, or channel or podcast or whatever, it'll be like, you know, they have a handful of views. When I first started out, it'd be like a couple hundred for like each one. I mean, which isn't anything crazy. If we're starting out, that's like really good. And then it like like within like a couple episodes, like nosedive. That was right when they started like censoring. So I'm like, I just feel like they're like killing my reach. And it's like, I mean, not to say that like I deserve more. Maybe to, me, to be fair, maybe they got in there and they're like, this guy's just starting out and he's like, he kind of sucks. But yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of weird shit that goes on online. But around that time, I think if you were if you were just talking about the right trigger words, then they were killing your reach. The mm-hmm. you know, if you're not promoting the the corporately sponsored narrative, then they just knocked it out. Yeah. But I wanted to talk about none of that kind of stuff, just because uh, I've talked about that stuff way too much. And I've had a lot of fun uh, watching and kind of following along on Twitter and elsewhere with you and the Tower Gang guys and some of the yeah. like the crazy shit y'all do. Like it's, it's hilarious and it's a lot of fun. And and uh, I pulled that clip from Josh's show where you talked about, you know, shit posting and the value of it. And I wanted to talk to you, like focus specifically on that, because I do think that that's something that gets a bad name. But if it's done properly, it can really be something that has a lot of value and gets people paying attention. And, and I mean all eyes are good eyes, whether they're, you know, whether they're looking at you to criticize you or they're looking at you because they agree with you. If they're seeing it, there's always that outside chance that is putting a a thought in the back of their head that wasn't there before. So like, let's talk about shit posting. Like what, so what, (laughs) what inspired the, uh, the tower gang thing? Oh, the tower gang that was started by towers, which I mean, we weren't the first ones towering. Like we always joked we were the B team. And so like because we had like the we had like it was a whole like like basically decentralized coordinated effort sort of like system that set up in these these towers when it first like became like a phenomenon. And like it when it first started with one group chat and then it went out to other group chats and then like and it kind of spawned out from there. There was like a lady group chat and like it was kind of like they all had contacts with each other to other group chats. That way you could kind of like, you know, sort of plan out things. But obviously it's like planned out in like a very ANCAP type way where it's like, you know, well, if you don't, obviously no one's put a gun to your head and be like, put that fucking letter in that tower. Like, so like it's, it was more like people throw out ideas and be like, you want to jump into this? Not all right, whatever. Cool. So like, uh, yeah, we started doing that. Um, we were like the B team. So we were like the second group that came along. It was like, we started talking within there and, uh, like we just had really funny conversations cause it was just like a, we were just, it's just a bunch of shit posters. And, but we're all also very like, pretty like into theory and shit like that so like we had like deep conversations and they're they're kind of sort of became like a little bit of a click of people and there came some people that like were obviously more apt to be willing to like have a public front kind of deal uh like i already had a podcast when it started like i'd already i've been like a month or two into my podcast ish maybe i'm like terrible when it comes to time and then then like nick for example like he had his own podcast as well but so like me and him were the ones who had our own podcast. And then we had uh, a couple other guys that were like, you know, been talking like, oh, we start podcasts. 
And like me and Nick were both kind of like, well, I mean, like we already have ours and that's enough of a commitment. So like, we'll we'll hop on you know, when need be. So and, and it ended up being like Toad and uh, Toad and Fat Dave, which most people know, like those are the ones who like basically they're the they're the guys for Tower Gang. And like it's like they're the inner inner circle, if you will, because it's like they're basically the ones that are running the podcast. Like, for example, it just got monetized. They're the ones getting the money because then we, we said that from the beginning. They were like. You know, like unless they get something to be like crazy huge, like whatever, like we're we're just there to help out and have fun and shit. Um, because we knew that come anyways, but like we're not gonna argue over thirty bucks. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> I mean, like people think it's big money. Like, you know, to, not to jump on another topic, people get really dumb about like grifting and shit. And it's like, dude, I've been doing this for a year, and I get like, I've gotten to the point where I have a revenue out of this of like a gas tank and a half. <laughs> like, i mean if i'm grifting i mean i'm not doing i i, I don't know like it seems to be it's kind of silly the grifting accusation it's like see and, that that's an interesting topic all yeah. on its own because like because because I, I do work for peddling fiction lines of liberty um uh, mm. buck johnson josh smith and then uh i helped start up the los libertinos podcast and do most of his oh, production yeah, the Pluma, work. The Pluma Verdes guys, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then I'll plug uh, them, even though they're not my my uh my sponsor. Yeah, they, they seem to be sponsors for all the fucking guys at like this level ish. <laughs> but go ahead. Oh, and then uh, and then there are a couple others that I do work for. Um, the Paradox, which is uh, Eric Larson. He has a medical focused show, and then his wife, uh, hers is a not pro- not for profit organization that's focused on grief for families who have lost a child um and hers is called always andy's mom and like so i'm working for seven or eight different uh you know different shows and so i'm actually making decent money off of it because all of them pay me a little bit but like nobody who's doing a podcast unless it's like dave smith or malice or you know some of those like huge names like 90 percent of the podcasters that everybody's familiar with and loves their show they're not making a living off of it like they're they're just getting a little little bit like there's this huge misconception that podcasters are just like raking in money hand over fist and that's not even remotely close to the truth yeah i mean shit like uh for example pete just finally got to the point where he said he's like able to support himself and i don't know his financial situation but i i bet you he's still even then probably like you know making things a little bit tight kind of deal uh, and he's a huge name in this movement. And then I've looked at, uh, I was a Patreon member for the lines of Liberty guys for a while. So I've seen their numbers. And I mean, like, I'm sure they have revenue coming in from other places as well, but like, but yeah, no, it's, it's nowhere, it's nowhere near like, it's what people think it is like. Yeah. I'm, and even then I bet you like, say even with somebody like Dave, I mean, I don't know what he makes, but I bet you like, if you, if you ask a random, you know, casual podcast listener what they think he makes it's probably way higher than what he actually makes and he probably i mean don't get me wrong i think he's probably doing well <laughs> but still yeah right I, th- I think he he probably does better off of uh some of the other stuff that he's got going on not just yeah. the part of the problem like there's there's probably a lot of other uh things that he's involved in that yeah. may be connected to that but that's not like what's actually bringing it in would yeah. be my guess which that seems to be things. So for those listening, I mean, you probably can agree with me as well. It seems to be the the way if you are trying to make even a little bit of money, it seems to be diversifying and kind of be what, what you want to do. So like obviously the most of my money I get from like Patreon, but I'm like, I mean, I'm 
about almost 850 subs. So I'm like 150 subs from being monetized. But so then there'll be another little thing. And then like, I'm an Odyssey. So there's something there. And then I, I think I just got to where I can like start putting ads on my, on my audio podcast. So there's another thing. So all the little other things, they kind of all feed into each other. And, you know, like say, for example, like I'm also on, uh, I don't know, it all feeds into each other. So that's, that seems to be a thing is to not pigeon your hole yourself too much, as I would say to people that are like, if you're trying to do that. So, but even then definitely uh, if you're in it for the money, you, you're, there are other things you can do. And I'm not saying you should, that shouldn't be a partial reason to do it. When I first started doing it, I knew it'd be a small stream and I'm all for, I, I like the concept of having multiple revenue streams. So this is something like, I wasn't going to do anything else at this time. You know, I fucking, like I have a wife, two kids. Uh, yeah, my wife works nights. So like right now my wife's at work uh, and I'm fucking, I'm at home with the kids. So I mean, like they usually go to bed around nine ish. Uh, I mean, on weekends, it's usually a little bit later, but like, so I would be doing nothing. I'd be reading or maybe watching TV if I wasn't podcasting. So, I mean, it was like, well, why not? So here I am. Yeah, I was kind yeah. of in a, I was kind of in a similar boat. Like I've, I've gotten to the point where I, I really don't watch sports or any of that other stuff. Like I, I just kind of work on this stuff because like in the time that I would normally be watching TV or watching sports or doing something, you know, not productive, just sitting there rotting my brain out. Now I use that time to talk to cool people like you or work on shows for the different guys and like full clips. And, and then I'm, you know, I'm getting exposed to all kinds of content from all kinds of different, because, uh, you know, they, not everybody has the same opinion, even though every, you know, a lot of them can be closely aligned. Uh, when I'm working on Eric's show, The Paradox, hey, he has very different opinions on vaccines and, you know, different stuff because he is a medical professional. Like, that's what he does for a living. And so he sees a different side of the world than what most of us do. And, like, and his reasoning may not be this, the reason that he feels the way he does, may not be the same as uh, what somebody else who has the same opinion what their reasoning would be like it, it's so it's interesting to, to see all the different uh like perspectives and perspectives and takes on everything uh just from exposing myself to all of that and i mean yeah. that i feel like that's way more productive of a uh, use of my time than sitting around watching a basketball game or something like i i found out about all kinds of books that i never knew of and i, I love to read anyway so it gives me you know stuff to read and uh learn even more no, I agree. I mean, I definitely think there's a place for leisure time, but it is also like, I don't know. I mean, for me, I guess maybe people have different amounts of leisure time they need for me. Like I, I mean, I, I like to have less, but I also like to enjoy this stuff because I do have good conversations, especially like power powers, just like shooting the shit with the homies. Um, like, I, I don't know. I mean, I, this is still fun. I mean, it's also sort of semi-productive. We're throwing around ideas and it's kind of funny. We're all the, I was thinking while you were talking on that, like uh, Gornoski's, I don't know if you've listened to him at all, mm. his theory on like uh, how we're mimetic creatures. And he, and I don't know if he put it, if he necessarily framed it this way, but being as we're mimetic creatures being like, if you don't know what mimetic means for the listeners, it's kind of like copying. So like, you know, kind of how you learn is by watching other things. And so because of that, it's kind of like the, the biggest disagreements are among those who are like, very very similar it's like only a tiny bit of difference amongst each other 
And so that's why we argue like this amongst us, because like we see one small little inerrancy, you know, not quite copying the rest. And that's where we have disagreements. It's almost like we're trying to hash it out to like to be like, you know, get them to be somewhat to the same. Uh, I don't know if you necessarily framed it that way, but yeah, that yeah, is is which kind of is a discovery process to a sense to where like you're figuring out what's right or closer to right, if you will. So but I mean, it's all fun. Uh, yeah, I think we got a little sidetracked, but we were, we were talking about how uh, power, Tower Power got created, right? Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, I, yeah, from the, like, I think we were touching on that. We kind of, it's just started of a group chat. And then uh, once we get, we got out of the group chat, like they started talking about doing a podcast and then ta-da, we did. And like, it was, we kept the same energy that we had in there and the towers were like, I mean, if you don't know what towers are, it's where you like, that one of the, my famous ones is uh, Dyes and Hell Porkchop. They did on Megan McCain uh you know and i don't know what she posted but you hit it with a tower and so someone out someone puts the first letter and put like a d and then someone comes along puts an a and then you you know it that way you have like a like a thread that's like spells out a word and the beauty of it is it kind of creates like a mob effect because like twitter it kind of like blows up notifications it's like it also ups it in the algorithm so it's kind of almost like a hack so it's like, yeah, you may you may be like, you know, in a group chat of 20 to 40 people that have roughly an average of like 500 to 1500, you know, followers. But it's like now you just essentially collectively created made yourself into like a super account, you know, because you just like boosted the algo to where it's just like, you know, it's just it's out there. So it's a good way to like, I don't know, kind of create chaos. And it's just fun. It's it's so cool because in a weird way, it is such an example of a lot of our theories. It's like just so decentralized and. Like, I don't know, it's beautiful in a weird and weird fucked up way. But uh, yeah, I mean, so we, God, I forgot I had a point. Yeah, no, fucking, and from there we started doing uh, the, the Tower Power show and we were kind of keeping that same same energy. Initially we were like more focused on towers, but they kind of died down because we still do them occasionally, but now, you know, uh, it's, it's more sparingly. So I feel like that kind of makes it so they're higher quality towers than we do. Um, but yeah, we kept the same energy where it's just like just fucking with people. And it's weirdly, I think it was Dave was actually talking the other day about like, uh, I think it might have been on the Tim cast thing where he was talking about how Trump kind of like had a hack to essentially where like, uh, I think they were giving him shit about um, the Rosie O'Donnell thing or whatever, you know, like, oh, you called women. Uh, someone said, I can't remember when the exact, uh, when this happened, but he was like, they were giving him shit and they're like, oh, you said women are disgusting or whatever, blah, blah, blah. He was like, no, that's only Rosie O'Donnell. And it's like, so, but people love that. And like the, the energy of like, no, I'm not going to back down. I'm not going to apologize. I'm going to double down, especially if it's something that you're like right about. I mean, like, you know, like, cause he's kind of just like, I, I don't even know like what they're referring to him saying that I have a feeling it was probably something out of context probably was him making fun of Rosie O'Donnell. Like, and they tried to frame it as he's making fun of women. Now you need to apologize. And he's like, no, fuck that whore. <laughs> so like, it's that same energy and weirdly people, it works and it, like, I, f- I don't know what happened, but there's been a period of probably the past decade where, like, that has been, like, the key to success for so many people. The opposite, the inverse of what I'm saying, where they'll be like, they'll be like, look what you said. Like, some random shit out of context from wherever ago. You probably don't even remember saying, you need to apologize. And, like, the natural reaction for so many people for so long has been like, oh, well, I'm sorry. Like, and then they'll be like, they might be like, well, I don't even remember saying that or whatever. Now you're already in the spot caveating. You're like, oh, oh, oh. And you're like, you're not, you need to realize you're not dealing with an honest actor. The way they came at you is all wrong. You, you have no, they're not entitled to your concession. Fuck them. So like, if you have that energy, like, and I'm not saying like, if you did something entirely fucked up and wrong, 
to not. But if it's something like that, where clearly someone is trying to got you, apologizing never works. Like that is, they see, they saw weakness and now they're going to attack. It's not going to be, they're going to be like, oh, okay, uh, well, thanks for apologizing. Oh, he's back in good graces now. You know, go ahead and, you know, he can go back on the news or whatever the hell. No, you're screwed either way. So you might as well like go down a boss if you even go down, because even when you do go down, like you look at people like, uh, it seems to be these major people they have tried to like fuck over, like the Alex Jones and stuff. Most of these people come back stronger. You know what I mean? Because it's like you just shoved them down and you just created like a, I don't know, you just like you really just showed like you put on on a display how this person will not back down. And how they're like, this dude is about his shit. Like, so you maybe you should check him out. <laughs> I mean, for whatever you might think of Ben Shapiro, he effectively built an entire franchise out of uh, people trying to cancel him for having opinions that they didn't like. <laughs> yep. And that's kind of where we, we're not even at 30 episodes in Tower Power. And like, we're already at like one and a half subs. And we didn't do any weird advertising shit. It was literally just us doing it. And like, we would like... We would we caught we got a couple good guests from like towering them or some shit. So we did kind of use that effect a little bit, but it never was in this like weird cringy way. We're just like, hey, that dude's cool. He'd be fun. We should fucking tower him. Or we would just sometimes straight up ask, like, uh, I know that I don't even know. I don't even know enough about the story around it. But we got the dude, um, uh, the fucking god, what was he? He was over in Afghanistan. All the shit went off. You know that like one meme guy, the guy with the gun, the white kid. Do you know what I'm talking about? yeah uh i don't i don't know the, many of the details but we got him and because he apparently is a big meme story right now everyone's all about him and all we did was just like hey man go on tower gang and he's like oh, okay <laughs> so, like we've been legit trying to like on twitter been like sort of semi joking around emailings or not emailing but tweeting at some of the like taliban members be like hey come on tower gang <laughs> we don't care like uh but yeah no we we have that energy of like we're not going to back down and that weirdly has worked because we've had like We've had multiple, like, you know, scandals, if you already. And every single one we handled with, like, no, fuck you. Like, basically, like, that's the overview of what we've done. Like, I don't even care if you're right. Like, no. Like, it's like, for example, there's the one Josh Smith thing they, that he came on and they took out of, well, I mean, I guess it wasn't even necessarily out of context. It was just a stupid joke. It was a silly throwaway line about him being, like, being black because he doesn't take, because he has so many kids or doesn't take care of them or some shit, like something stupid. Yeah. And, like, it, and it was just a, it was a silly, stupid joke, but I was like, no, like, fuck you. Like, <laughs> who cares? And I don't even remember how we responded, but basically everything we doubled down and that weirdly seems to work. It, it like, and it kind of, that's shit posting in a way too. That's basically what shit posting is, is so we took that shit posting energy and made a show out of it. And well, I always say that we try to weave between pee pee poo poo and big brain time. So like we, we have fun, but then we'll like somehow bring it back to like theory or something smart. Like we kind of go in and out of that. So it's not entirely dumb. I mean, we had some episodes that are more dumb and some of them are more smart, but we, we try to weave in and out of that. And, and weirdly, I feel like this is all just like kind of a perfect uh, parallel example of shitposting essentially. You know what I mean? Cause that's kind of what shitposting is really. I feel like you need a good blend. Like you need a healthy mix of shit and just dumb stuff. Cause if you're so entrenched in the, like the super serious big brain theory stuff all the time that can start to wear on you eventually like you know we were talking about earlier the the personal time for for stuff and like you should also utilize your personal time for some stuff that uh you know or allows you to just 
kind of turn your brain off for a little bit sometimes. Like it's it's a good thing to do. Uh, my my guilty pleasure is uh, Mark and Remzo's Second Prince comic uh, podcast. Like my son mm-hmm. and I listen to Second Print Pod and uh, read comic books and stuff like that all the time. Like it's mm-hmm. it's really fun and it's something to plus a lot of the episodes and stuff they do like covers comic events from when I was like in my youth really starting to get into comics so it's stuff that I remember from being a kid and then I get to go revisit it with my kid who's the same age that I was when I was first discovering it and like it's so it's you know it's stuff that you need that outlet at some point in life yes no yeah I do the same thing when it comes like reading I I I, what I'll do is I'll usually I'll read like a smart fucking book and then the next book I'll be read will be like a comic and then I kind of like because yeah you do need to give your brain a little bit of a relaxing you can't just always do the super big brain stuff. Uh, like I just, I mean, I'm the same way. I'm comics. I've listened to that podcast too. It's a really good one for those listening. Like you definitely should check it out if you're into comics at all. I was really excited when they finally covered Swamp Thing uh, or fucking Alan Moore's run of Swamp Thing. Like that's a good run. I uh, I just this past weekend uh, went to uh, Comic Con in Orlando. Uh, well, it wasn't Comic Con, it was Mega Con, but same fucking thing. Um, and I, me and my kids went, so it's cool to be able to do shit like that. I saw uh, Ryan Otley, who's the artist of Invincible. I got his uh, got his autograph on my favorite issue, which I don't know if you've read Invincible, but the uh, oh, dude, you fucking should. It's so good. Sean and I watched the we watched the Amazon Prime uh, yeah. series, and so so now literally every time we walk into the comic book store, he goes straight to it. He's like, "All right, we need to get this." like chill out we're here for other things today like that that's on the list but not not on today's list dude it's good i will give you though that they were pretty true to it there were some only minor differences in the show the biggest one was like his like uh the biggest probably change really there's probably two big changes the uh like his girlfriend you know the black chick that's like this annoying sjw bitch like she was just she was the most generic blonde bimbo white chick you could think of in the comic like literally like she was a stereotype of just a generic high school girlfriend like he and they they didn't really work they didn't really do a lot of character building with them or their relationship she legit you can definitely tell from the show she's totally just meant to be like a uh metaphor well yeah women's power it's supposed to be the, the generic hot chick in high school and he comes to find out like Oh, it's not necessarily a generic hot chick. You you, you really want to see other girls, which is kind of weird because Eve is a fucking bombshell. So it's like, you know, like uh, I mean, she's also the hot chick, but you know, what I mean, like the ones that's generic, you know, cheerleader, blonde type, whatever. And I don't know. I mean, I I, I would almost prefer that to what they did with her because they just made the other one an annoying bitch. I would almost rather be insignificant than annoying, if that makes sense, you know. So, but whatever. Uh, and then the other one was like the fight. Uh, if you watch the series, the fight where uh, fucking uh, Omni Man like mercs the whole like their version of the Justice League Sets Avengers. Like in the comic, it's way more one sided, just like done. <laughs> so it's like you thought that they got murked bad, and they're like, no, he fucks him up in the comic. <laughs> it's like there was no fight. Like it was just done. Like, I don't remember. I don't remember the details. I think there might've been one or two that like put up a little bit of a fight, but no, it was, it was just game over, which I get why they didn't do that. Cause it's not as fun to just watch like a one-sided, just, just destroy. And even that, it still came off that way. Sort of. In the right. show that, like, they, they didn't really have much of a chance. <laughs> that was funny with the, with the series on that one. Uh, so I watched the whole thing and then I figured it was, it was uh, appropriate for my son or maybe not appropriate for, normal 12 year old but 
he he and I watched stuff, so he he was he would be okay. Like he would handle it well. And uh, so, but but I knew I had to leave to go to work that afternoon, and so we would only have time for one episode. So we watched the first episode, and then you know it gets to the end of it, and he just kills everybody. And then my son's like, "Wait, wait, what just happened?" I'm like, "We'll watch the next one tomorrow. I've got to go to work." He's like, "No." Yeah, those are those are those suck. Yeah, yeah. Me, me, and the kids like another like guilty pleasures. Me and my kids watch anime. I got for some reason I don't know how, but they got into anime. Which because I have daughters and I don't know what like because I'm I was a generic you know like comic book stuff like that. So somehow anime seemed to be the one thing my kids kind of drew, were drawn to. Which I never was like a huge anime guy, but there's a couple that I liked as a kid. But like I still enjoy them. Um, so it, it but. So it was like something I could connect to like my daughters over. I don't know if it's just something about anime it has more of appeal to girls. Yeah, my more. girls. I don't really know. In, my girls are really into anime too, and not yeah. any of the ones that I care for. Like yeah. they're into really weird animes too. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, whatever. I can kind of like get behind some of those, but I know there are weird animes. But like for example, my youngest is into Naruto, uh, and they're both into My Hero Academia, which I fucking love that show. That show yeah. is awesome um but yeah so it's it's cool i gotta watch that shit with them and uh yeah i mean have a little bit of a brain break but on that topic have you were were you into the i don't know how old you are were you into the original evangelion series i never i've seen i've heard tell of it i never really got into it no i say they had the new the new one that just came out so they did like a rebirth uh series they did they did it in movie form and they did three movies um in the like early to mid teens and then the the newest the like the finale came out last week and so sean and i sat down and we watched the first three and then we'll watch the the final one uh i'm not sure i will tr- we'll probably try to watch it next weekend whenever he's mm-hmm. back uh plus it's his birthday weekend so that'll be but he he was he was really getting into it which i, I was kind of i was kind of pleased i thought he might think it was really weird but which it is really weird not you know not to but all anime is at least to some extent yeah, really it's, weird it's a little weird i mean because you also gotta think there's so much cultural differences like there's always that one weird pervy character in most animes and like but i don't know anime is like especially like the fight ones they can get fucking they can get pretty hype where like like i mean yeah you're like it's stupid like you know like energy blast energy blast but like you get into it and you're like holy shit <laughs> like some of the fights get pretty wild and you're like Oh my god! <laughs> like, yeah, it's it's a uh, it's especially like a good one. Like, uh, my hero is like really good at that. Like, uh, uh, Hunter it, X Hunter, it, they do they do some pretty impressive and intense fight scenes. Yeah, my my that my uh, oldest is really into Hunter X Hunter for some reason. Which I mean, I can't really get. I mean, I don't know. It's okay. I mean, I, I it's it's one of the ones like because she's the one who's more girly, so she's into some of the more weird ass girly or girlier animes. And like, but that one is one of the, I can I can get behind. It. I can watch some of them, but it is still kind of like, yeah, it's okay. I don't it was know. one of those that uh, it would be on like at one o'clock in the morning on Adult Swim or mm. whatever it turns into, you know, middle of the night. And so I'd wake up to go to the bathroom and see it on. So like I, because I would notoriously would forget to set the sleep timer on the TV before I went to mm. bed. And so I'd wake up and and I'd watch an episode of it, and then I. I'd turn the TV off and go to sleep. So like, it was one of those that I never put a whole lot of time into it, but the, the episodes that I saw were always entertaining. Yeah. No, that's one of the shows like surprise you though, where it'll be like, 
it lulls you into thinking it's very goofy and then like sometimes it'll be brutal as fuck and you're like holy shit yeah. <laughs> like this one episode i watched with my daughter where like some dude rips another dude's heart out and you're like it's been all like goofy and campy and stuff before that and you're like what the fuck <laughs> like where did this come from but yeah it's uh i don't know it's not necessarily for me but it's, it's a it's a decent one and it's one i can watch with my daughter my younger daughter, me and her have better, more t- better taste. Like we watch like Dragon Ball Super and shit. And we watch some of the old Dragon Balls as well. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success too because that, that was the big one for me growing up was dragon ball z uh but we watched the original dragon ball when he's like a little kid and then we watched dragon ball super and uh yeah which i mean dragon ball super is pretty fucking not gonna lie especially towards the end some of the, some of the like determinate power stuff was fucking insane <laughs> yeah I've, I've been trying to convince the girls that they need to watch uh princess mononoke and I've never watched I, that. It's always been one I've been meaning to, though, because I heard it was so good. It is. I just haven't got around to it. You know and I mean? it's, it's one just... that they would like. It's one that the girls would really like. Like, like I, I know that they would really like it. And I just can't talk them into it. I'm like, you y'all, y'all claim to love anime so much. This is the one you need to watch. And you won't do it. Come on. Like, cooperate with me on this one thing. Like, nothing else in life do you have to get on board with. But this one is the one. Uh, eventually, I'm going to con them into it. <laughs> yeah so we're, we keep getting derailed off of uh into uh more fun topics off of, off of shit posting so okay what is the best way to go about with a shit post because i'm not good at it like uh i don't know i i just i think i uh i come across too serious i don't know how to be that goofy on online like well, I- when i think of shit posts i think of it specifically in the context of twitter personally because i think it is a matter of like how honestly i feel like it's kind of maybe not necessarily the intended purpose but the incentives drive it to that that way when it comes to twitter uh so I, i'm not even necessarily saying shit posting is ideal everywhere so like facebook i mean maybe it'd be a little bit different definition for shit posting there maybe there's an advantageous way to go about it but for the most part, I see Facebook as a place to have like discussions, really. 
especially now i mean back in the old days before they got so bad about censoring there was a little bit more of a, a setup to where it could be like shit posting to where like i mean there you could throw out some like crazy shit especially if you like have friends and family that you know will be triggers facebook i feel like is much more normy uh like central so it's like you can throw out you could throw out depending on how normy your fucking crowd is like say I'm my friends and family one, I could just probably put out like a milk toast taxation is theft meme and I'd probably get some butt hurt. On my like later one that was like my all after that, like probably not so much because I set up my crowd to be a little bit. But even then, like even with that crowd, like I mean, it, I, I can't think of anything that come to mind, but you throw it. You, it's more just about you're throwing out like meat and just like kind of fucking with people and you can kind of pick and choose to engage in the comments because Facebook does lend itself more to like a long form like debate so like i would do that i would throw out shit i knew was gonna like you know piss off someone and then like once they go for it i'm like well let me tell you why the fuck you're wrong and why you're stupid too you know what i mean like the whole like rick and morty thing where it's like you're wrong or you're you suck and i can prove it mathematically or whatever the hell uh but twitter is more like it's more set up for quick interactions so it's more just about like throwing out shit and then like what i like to i, I literally just saying in the group chat today i was like the way i use twitter is I piss off someone and then I just signal to my my gang of optists and then just walk away. <laughs> That's how I use it. Um, yeah, I mean, did it, did, is my mic still coming through? I just think I just bumped my shit. Is it good? Yeah. Okay, cool. Good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but no, that's how I use it. And that's, I think, how you kind of should use Twitter. Because uh, and I was just talking to Ace the other day, too. Um, and Like, I, we recorded an episode or recorded half an episode. His internet shit out. So I'm going to have to do some editing later and fix it. But um, and we'll have to record the other half later. But um, hey, I know a guy who does that kind of stuff, uh, you know. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, I mean, I might. Uh, I, I think last time I had this issue, I legit like crowdsourced. I just went on Twitter. I was like, anyone know how to do this? Because I still haven't. I'm like almost 90, almost to 90 episodes. And I still haven't gone around to like figure out how to editing or anything like that. So like the, I've had to do it like once, like actually maybe twice. But uh, one time was way more difficult because I had to like mash up files and shit. But um, one time I think I had to like cut out like a little bit of a dead air or some shit. But um, God, fuck, I lost my point. <laughs> oh, you and Ice were. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was talking like with Twitter, I feel like you have to have one extreme or the other. It needs to either be like a you basically don't engage at all. Like, um, like for example, I like legit just before we got here, there was some can't remember the post but uh they, it was some post that was like um you know if you if you have the ability to and you haven't gotten vaxxed and, and you're you're responsible for killing people and I, all i did was post no and like I, I, and and like i kind of did that because it kind of like is a little bit of a to put a little bit of bait on the hook and then i knew my plan already in my head is as soon as she like comes back depending on what she comes back with but most cases you know, she's probably gonna like try to hint at me for elaboration and I'm going to be like, I have a meme already lined up, ready to go. And it's going to be like, no, I will not explain myself because you're retarded and I hate you. <laughs> and that'll be that's that is a perfect encapsulation of how to one method of using Twitter. The other method is the ace method. Like, I feel like you have to, like, pick one extreme or the other for it to work. And ace will just like his tireless pay. Like, he will just debate with someone for forever and go full fucking autist and like just like. So it's almost like a game of endurance or a game of like quick, you know what I mean? Like, so it's going to be one extreme or the other, I think. And I mean, I guess I wouldn't call that shit posting. That's like legit engaging. 
Um, but yeah, yeah, it's gonna be one or the other because the in between is just like, and it's not really set up for engaging like that. It's not really efficient. And what the fuck? Oh, I just all right. That's weird. I said a weird note. It's a new computer, and this is some weird ass notification pop up. My bad. That's super professional. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's kind of. I don't know if I kind of lost point of the uh, point, but that's kind of. I think of it in that sense. So it's that first like quick, that quick interaction. You're almost just signaling to your uh, to your group to be like, hey, look, like look at this. Like it's it's almost like I've said before. It's like galvanizing your allies and identifying your enemies. You know, so maybe not even enemies is the right word. It's just more just like saying shouting out to the world like hey this is a team i'm on are you with me and then like it's kind of a it's an informative process really it's from and from there you can act upon it you know so I, I, yeah i i i don't know if i agree or disagree with the enemies term because i don't know that they're enemies but at the same time it's like some of them that i i have engaged with they're definitely enemies <laughs> like yeah. there's uh i had one the other day that it was one of those posts about how everybody should be required to get a vaccine and everybody should be required to wear a mask. And I said, my position has, and will always be, if you think I need to have a vaccine that badly, you are more than welcome to come try and make me take it. And then it turned into some dumbass that was like, Oh, they're going to, they're going to mandate it. I was like, okay. Like, that's not at all what I meant. Like I've literally driven for half of my adult life without a valid driver's license. Like, clearly i care what your mandates are like that's that's not that's not what i'm saying like you have to physically come and stick it in my arm if you want me to take it and then it turned into this dude just going like full autist in the wrong direction and (laughs) so i kept playing for a little while but it it just got uh it got too stupid (laughs) even for me to like to take seriously and keep trying to play because like I'll I'll play for as long as you want to play. But once you've gone to the point of stupidity that I can't even keep track of why you're making these points, like I got to check out. And, uh, and that was where it hit with that one. But another one I had a lot of fun with, and I posted that one to Facebook and it was like, so I guess I, I have had a a little bit of luck with that, but I'm just not good at it. Like I, I don't know how to do it deliberately. Yeah, I don't know. I guess more just like I just got to the point where I just don't care. And like, I, I don't know. And, and the, the beauty like with Twitter is it's kind of like I get to sort of fuck with people and then throw out. And especially the bigger the, the your following gets, the more you can have that effect. Because like I will like, for example, like that one with the chick that I said, no, I, re- I, I immediately retweeted and didn't like her post. So that way I can like I threw it out to my followers. So they'd see it. And like, so they see, I just said, no, and it's kind of like they, and so it allows them to gauge. It's more just like, I'm just drawing attention. I don't know. There's different, different ways to go about with shit posting, but yeah, I don't know. At the end of the day, I feel like it's a process to allow, to facilitate self-segregation and I'm all about it. So like, cause I do think that's kind of the path of the future. Like I kind of want to drive people into their, you know, philosophical you know fucking ways one way or the other it's kind of a whole remnant concept or it's like you know like trying to identify ours but at the same time i'm also trying to take those that have a certain other path and you know i mean drive them that way you know i mean like go like you you go be over there like because and i also i want that to start over time you know within the decades or centuries to be a little more like geographical as well so it's like you know and even then with maybe not even necessarily that with like with a lot of like the blockchain and like 
stuff like that type technology, you can kind of have like we can see in the future, like something along the lines of like a panarchy where it's like, you know, the person next to you has agreed to live up, up under these terms and blah, blah, blah. I and mean, that's way out in the future. But like I do see in the future where it's going to be like you have these like areas of authoritarianism and areas of more liberty. So like I do feel like uh, it probably we probably may not or see technically anarchy as some people would like to see but it's still like a i don't i don't see shit in like a binary i see more of it's like a spectrum so it's like you might have an area that has more liberty and this area has more authoritarianism and you can kind of you know in a sense like have a market type thing to where it's like you can kind of you know, if you want to go live in this like you know technocratic health space over here if somehow that appeals to you you know cool go over there i don't give a shit like and i can be out here in the woods you know i mean like I mean, I don't mean woods, like people are going to like, you know, straw man and be like thinking I'm talking about like the Unabomber or some shit. Like, for example, where I'm at, like I live in an area that's like everyone has like an acre and or, or, or more. It's like deeded out that way to where you have like every, you know, bit of land has over an acre. And yeah, it's more country. So it's all like a bunch of country dudes. Like today, my lawnmower broke. I had to fucking like my deck belt went out like and I like. And so I got like halfway to my, my lawn, just texted my neighbor and he came over and did it. And then, you know, that, that way I don't have this goofy ass lawn. And so like, this is a, you know, I feel like I have more Liberty than someone who lives in like a city to some extent. And I want that phenomenon to continue. You know what I mean? Cause I think, I don't know if uh, you've heard of Andrew from popular Liberty he has his archetropism idea. And he kind of sees, um, he kind of applies like the laws of thermodynamics to like power and I'm kind of like essentially kind of hacking like what I think is in the future. We should be trying to hack that to where it's like, OK, cool. Yeah. Where there's a constant amount, like it's almost like you have a of power. So it's like we can concentrate that power in certain areas and that will then allow other areas to have more liberty. So and if anything, I feel like the and especially I feel like the more you create a larger contrast between liberty and authority, the more apparent it becomes. So if we get to a point in decades, centuries from now to where it's like, you know, there's some of it's super authoritarian and there's some places super libertarian, it's going to be way more obvious. So it's not this like weird, like, you know, ambiguous type thing where it's like, so you kind of, to some extent are more wide eyed, clearly accepting what you're going into. It's kind of like, instead of it being a cult that tricks you into a big cult, they're like, Hey, I'm a cult. And do you want to join this cult? Okay, I'll join the cult. And if some idiot wants to join the cult, have fun. I, I mean, who am I to stop you? And it's like in, in this future scenario, you're to some extent more uh, believing. I, mean, I guess you could you apply like you could say those that grew up within it are going to be a little bit more within the cult. It's kind of the whole like idea of like religions that drag you in. But well, I mean, I mean it's kind of like the better. idea of, of the Amish communities. Like mm. you grew up in it, and but you have the opportunity to leave. And mm. I'll and more often than not, even after they, you know, go out and see the world, they go back because like there's there's community there and there's something, you know, there's something to that that uh, I think we may overlook. But yeah, like that's it's kind of like that concept, like you can you have the freedom of association and you can choose to leave and a handful do choose to leave. But the overwhelming majority don't because yeah. like once you've got that, once you've got that community and you kind of, kind of have that structure, it is a, it is a nice thing. And that, that I, I actually talked to Andrew uh, a 
couple of weeks ago because I'm, I'm doing some a little bit of work for him on some stuff too and uh I, I basically i work for everybody like other than you so we need to work on that <laughs> is that what this is an elaborate ploy <laughs> yeah yeah that was that was the whole point of this was just to try to rope you in <laughs> this, is a, this is a pitch that you're not even gonna post <laughs> But, uh, so like I, I have talked to him and I've listened to his stuff a lot and uh, like that's people really do crave a power structure of some sort and you know that is a, a scary uh, idea for people because like for me I am very anarchist in kind of the way I approach life and stuff but that's because I kind of consider myself my my power structure like I have a farm, almost a farm in my backyard. Like I've got a nice big garden and we've got chickens and goats and uh, we've got a neighbor up the hill that whatever we don't grow, he grows. And like we gave him some squash and he gave us some cucumbers. And like we have a tight little neighborhood where we all get along and we do cookouts together. And like if I need somebody to mow my yard, they'll come mow my yard. And, you know, so we have that, uh, you know, that community. Hmm. and we don't really need you know anything else whereas a lot of people like they rely on something else they don't have that uh built in yep and therein becomes the the market value of power so which there is something to that to where i think we and i've been saying a lot we need to stop thinking binary to where it's like you know and, and we also need to stop having this idea that like you know everyone's gonna magically just like be like down for liberty i do agree that's a superior product but for one i feel like we're too many of us are are focused on marketing a product we haven't created yet so like i've talked on before i mean anyone knows about me i'm more of the agorist bent i'm not i mean i've i've said before i dave and my show and we talked about how like when it comes to tactics you have to be kind of humble and, and understand that you, you may be wrong but i'm kind of of the opinion that essentially like even if you're going to utilize politics as simply marketing, essentially like throwing in a message, it's kind of like, for me, it's like, yeah, but we haven't created a product. I mean, we have, but not so much. So like what you're doing to, in some extent is kind of like sort of creating the product. Like you need to be kind of like, you know, creating that, like, you know, the Agora, you need to be creating the market, living your values. And then that way you can be like cr sort of creating a product to market. So like, and I, I mean, not to get too deep into that, but fuck, I forgot my whole point. I had a second point too of like, uh, shit, fuck, what were we talking about? <laughs> I lost my train of thought. <laughs> uh, creating the market for libertarianism and, you know, building that, uh, like talking about the, the need for the power structure and the fact oh, that oh, oh, there's oh, not, oh. Uh, you know, the libertarian party uh, and most of the libertarians in their messaging, they offer the ideas of it but they don't offer the uh like like they've put together the blueprint for how it's going to work but they haven't actually built it so mm -hmm. like Shit. And a second point I think and, I and if you've done any like any uh, so i used to be a project manager and uh the the most entertaining uh thing that i saw in project management was we had this guy that was an engineer and he he built this like really impressive spout there was uh, it was a grain loading uh, facility. And so the grain would come down this belt and it would hit this spout and fill the barge. And when he showed up with the spout, I said, there's no way that's going to work. 
He's like, oh, no, no, look, the math on this is da-da-da-da-da. I was like, yeah, but you've got a 30-inch spout, and you're trying to feed a 36-inch belt into it. Like, you're going to, you're creating a choke point. He was like, no, no, but the math says that, you know, it'll, it'll handle this volume. I'm like, okay, you, you're, you're not understanding what I'm saying. Like, fire this belt up and run some grain through it. And sure enough, 36-inch belt hits the 30-inch spout. Everything chokes up at the head, and it blows up the top. It's like it's not rocket science, but you know, we in as as libertarians, we're that engineer. Like we've got the plan, but we haven't put it into practice. And mm-hmm. and anybody that says you know there are flaws in your plan, we're like, oh no, but look at look at all of this. Look at the math. Like the math says that it'll work, even though there's no real world application for it working. And mm-hmm. Uh, so we need that real world application of it working so that people can see it and, and, and also so that we can have the opportunity to see where it, where it fails and what can be tweaked and fixed with it. Yeah, no, you're definitely right. God, I, I had a second point I was going to do, it, but I still can't think of it. I'm going to think of it later. God, it's really bugging me. Like it, they kind of tied into each other, but whatever. Yeah, no, you're, you're definitely right. I do think that's what needs to be done is like, I think we need to start creating, which I mean, to be fair i mean dave did like a bitcoin episode i'm not i'm not hitting on dave at all like i said we we, we talked about it. he could be right i mean I, I don't fucking know when it comes to tactics like i, I feel like we're a little bit dark like uh for example like on our episode my episode with him we uh we were covering anatomy estate with rothbard and at like rothbard kind of like the last paragraph of it kind of goes into how like we kind he kind of basically says like we kind of don't really know like tactics wise and like so, yeah, I feel like that to me, I, I even said in that episode, like, I feel like that's like a white pill because that's like work for our generation, at least something for us to do, which I feel like we too often forget that, like, there is still a place for us. And this is that place. And like, because we're too like, hey, we have everything with all the answers. Like, no, we don't. But we got to work on those. And so I do think that's why we actually need to be more graceful when it comes to like differences of, you know, application of theory, essentially. Uh, cause we get so much into like, are you paleo or are you this, or are you that? And like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, and I think there's some case to be had to like, I think we need to start just engaging in practice, start fucking doing. And that way it's kind of like you create a market effect of like what works. And also you're kind of creating the product. Um, but I, don't, I think I, but yeah, he had a Bitcoin episode today. And that was my whole point is getting at, so he had a Bitcoin episode where that, that's kind of like the future. So like, like shit like that. I mean, I'm I'm guilty too. I haven't gone to Bitcoin because I'm really not a tech guy. So but like I, I've done multiple episodes, but I'm so like shit, it's just so daunting to me because I'm really it took me forever to do a podcast just because I'm retarded when it comes to like tech. So but I mean you're probably more of a tech guy considering as you were for all these people, but uh yeah, shit. I've been meaning into like uh crypto for like ever. It's just See, it's still daunting to me. I haven't really gotten into Bitcoin or any of the other cryptos. I I own a little bit of a couple like smaller ones. Um, I have some library. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, like I own a little bit of a couple smaller ones, but I, I haven't gotten real super into it just because uh, at some point the entire monetary system is going to completely collapse. And I don't have a high level of confidence that cryptocurrency is going to be what replaces it. Like, I, I feel like there's going to be some... Uh, some pretty dark times where it's much more feudal and uh, less currency based and more goods and services based. So I, I just haven't uh, put a lot of effort into getting into it because I, 
I can disappear off into the woods and take care of myself and my family without having to really deal with society all that much if I needed to. So, so yeah, I'm not, I'm not saying you're wrong, but it's still, it just, it's like, uh, I think that we have, I think it's going to exist no matter what crypto I definitely do see as a future. I think it's going to exist no matter what. And I think you're not entirely wrong. At the same time, even if we do have a collapse, the internet's still going to exist. So crypto is still going to exist. We're still going to need a medium of exchange. So it's like, it may be more, cause it's like, uh, like on that episode, they literally were talking about how like Cuba collapse is like, had, like how they're using people like the collapsing nations have actually shown that a lot of those pe- places use crypto more because it allows them to, instead of having this currency that's trash, it allows them to kind of like divert it into something that's a little bit better. And it's going to exist either way, but I do get what you're saying that like, you know, if you're next door neighbor, if you have eggs, it's more valuable than if you have crypto or, or whatever. But at the same time, you do still kind of need a medium of exchange. So, and not everyone's going to be like, you know, trading eggs. I know that's like the common example for everyone who likes to go full on back to the land is eggs. Cause that's going to work. Egg, eggs are probably one of the best examples of a currency and like a shit like that. <laughs> eggs are so easy too. That's, yeah. So, and yeah. like, I, I, I can see if we like a crazy collapse scenario, maybe for a period of time, you know, maybe the internet would be down in like a crazy collapse scenario, but it would come back eventually. So it's like, I don't know. I've, I've, I, 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 I do see it's the future, but I, I get where you're coming from where it's like, you know, your chickens producing eggs is like, that's much more, you know, tangible than uh, zeros and ones on a screen. <laughs> but I don't know. And if, if we're to the point to where we don't have crypto, I mean, it's kind of like, I don't know, <laughs> we're fucked anyways. <laughs> so Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the, uh, the perfect society for me. Then I can, then yeah. I really can disappear into the woods and just do for me and my own. That's uh, to, to some extent in the back of my mind, I've always been kind of, preparing for that i i guess i uh i started getting into more anarchist type stuff uh when i was in high school and then i kind of went through my uh neocon phase early on in college and then uh went back even harder into anarchist and and now i've softened a little bit in my older age and uh getting into the libertarian side of stuff a little more uh, I, I always was aware of it, but I never really got on board with it. Uh, just, I get, it was all great ideas, but the anarchist side of me, uh, was a lot stronger. And, yeah, get, uh, okay, sorry, and so now I'm getting a little more back, back into, uh, like the libertarian side of stuff and trying to be a little more involved in the political, the political field of things and, mm-hmm. and, uh, be a little softer on, that topic as opposed to just hardcore uh yeah. you know anarchy but yeah it's always in the back of my mind that one of these days i'm disappearing into the woods and never coming back out i guess i kind of see it like a mix like i'm i'm, I'm more of the aggress bent i do, i do think that like i was just thinking this in my head that it's like i see the future like if we were ever to achieve an encapistan like probably within the next century or something akin to an encapistan it would be more like something along the lines of Amish meets cyberpunk. You know what I mean? Like to where it'd be like, yeah, I would, I would feel like in that society, the, the American dream or, or the dream would be, you know, having a couple acres and a small farm. Cause I actually think that does lend itself to, you know, like it's more decentralized. 
you know, you're able to like go to your neighbors, get whatever. But there is a little bit of utility to technology as well. So I do see like a merging of the two to where it'd be like, you know, you'd have, you know, that like communities where they're making shit more, you know, um, it, within themselves. But at the same time, they're like, okay, cool. I'm going to trade with Bitcoin or I'm going to do this or that. Because, I mean, there's a good mean of exchange. Technology is still going to exist even as like rural doesn't mean technology does not exist like i feel like those are just like for some reason in our heads people tend to put those two things at odds is rural and technology um which i mean i can kind of understand but yeah i mean i I don't know i guess that's the way i see it because i actually think like it had we had like an infrastructure tour let's say the american dream was like i said to have a couple acres and a small farm if that was what the american dream was and like and i'm not saying everyone has to have that it's just that you would have more of that. Like that's what people strive for. Typically. I think that you, we would have done way more better doing this, all this COVID shit. Cause I mean, like it would just been a blip. You know what I mean? Like it, it, cause there were so many like supply issues and stuff like that, which and we're probably gonna see more of the repercussions as time goes on, but it would have been like a nothing. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, even if it was, was this legit fucking like pandemic, you could have just like kind of communities could have gone, gone within themselves more and, been a little bit more like you know put up their own fucking end cap borders or whatever and you you know what i mean like you'd still you wouldn't be as reliant on outside sources you'd be far more decentralized you know whereas like say for the pork production that was the biggest thing is bacon was like fucked for a while because it was like they, they, all the bacon comes from a few major corporations so or most of them so it's like yeah i mean if you just have one little fuck up and all your stuff goes to shit so wouldn't it make more sense to have way more small farms <laughs> like then you right, don't have because, this issue you because know? the local farm raising hogs and the local butcher who knows how to process meat and do all of that can be way more efficient in when something like that happens for their community than what the big companies are going to be uh, which was very very clearly proven out uh yeah and that that would be that would be like the ideal thing uh, kind of piggybacking off what you were talking about. Like if everybody who just wanted to be a part of the system could go live in a big city and be part of it. And then if you didn't want anything to do with that, they're just like, okay, here's two acres out in the middle of BFE, Kansas, like go away and we'll leave you alone and you leave us alone. And like, okay. Yeah. Like I, how many people would sign up for that and be like, yes, we absolutely will move off into the middle of nowhere with our two acres. And you, you know, you fuck right off and leave us alone and we'll fuck right off and leave you alone. And we can yeah. just be divorced from it. Like that. I feel like that would be way more popular than, uh, than what the average person probably expects that it would be. And obviously the government would never do it because it would probably be way more popular than what, uh, they could withstand. <laughs> I think to some extent, that's like, I've been kind of getting at implying is I think that's what our future probably, I mean, I'm kind of predicting sort of it's going to look like, cause I, I think like we ought, we do have a failing nation, the power, you know, is like it's waning. And I think as it this this fucking behemoth is dying, it's going to start, you know, uh, drawing back towards its its areas of power, which are going to be like cities and stuff. So I think in the next like century or two, we're probably going to see something akin to like uh, city states returning. And I think it's going to be, you know, much more like a technocratic type shit to where it's like essentially we end up with like, you know, hundreds of little North Korea's within fucking the United States, but they're like super fucking technocratic and everything's like, you know what I mean? Like way more 
I don't know. It's like a cyberpunk North Korea, basically. Well, so like you know, I mean, that's kind of how I see it. But at the same yeah. time, then you'll have, you'll have people on the outskirts that like maybe we'll have this idea that like, oh yeah, we're all America, but it's kind of this loose thing. We're like, yeah, but no one really fucks with us out here. Well, like, to that point, you know? like kind of something that Andrew's talked about a couple times on, uh, like with Pete and, and different shows is like talking about Rome and, you know, mm. Rome got overextended. And, you know, if you if you transpose the U.S. map onto Europe and look at it like there's not a I mean, there, there's some difference, but the U.S. government, you know, centralized out of Washington, D.C. is kind of like the Roman power centralized out of Rome. Mm -hmm. And Rome was way overextended with all that area of Europe and, and Africa and, and over into, you know, Asia that they were trying to cover. The landmass that Washington, D.C. is trying to cover is not terribly unsimilar. And they are, mm -hmm. they're stretched. And to this point, like the only thing holding it together has been, uh, you know, having governors that were on board. But if you see more DeSantis's and Christy Gnomes and like, like Iowa's doing a lot of stuff with uh, at the state level to kind of nullify. And uh, a lot of states are like putting forth nullification measures, like as it starts to kind of break down like that, uh, which, you know, another thing I've been saying since high school is we are Rome. Like we are on the same trajectory as Rome and even accelerating it to some extent. Like, so it's, it's going to happen and yeah. it's probably going to happen in a very similar fashion. And then, you know, like, like what they talked about with the fall of Rome, like it just became all of these uh, governors or generals that then became the king of their province. And, took things over and yeah. so i don't know if we end up with kings all over the place but like you know yeah there's probably a very real possibility that uh yeah. when it falls it'll end up kind of splitting itself up like that and i, I mean i'm all for it yeah. that's yeah i've been like i've been saying for a while that i don't necessarily want um i don't necessarily want secession or even nullification but i want like a soft secession soft nullification and i think that's going to be something we start seeing a whole lot more often yeah maybe they do formalize it sometimes where it'll be like we formally aren't going to do this law or we formally aren't going to do this or we or maybe there will be a state here and there that's like we formally are like we're breaking off but i would actually far prefer to be what i'm saying with a soft secession or soft nullification to where it's like you know say with like florida for the soft secession point where it's like okay well you're doing all that well no i mean we're gonna do what we're gonna do and yeah maybe they don't pass a law or whatever and you know i know there's probably some fucking person out there someone that's like well you can't do that because well it says here on this and blah 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 but it's like but at the end of the day if they don't do it they don't do it so i don't right i mean like you can be like well there's words on paper somewhere but it's like but if they don't do it they don't do it even that's, that's and, like me and my driver's yeah. license <laughs> So like yeah, I that's kind of how I'd like to see it going is like to like to where places just start you know more like just doing it you know or you know like say more of the rural areas where it's like maybe maybe there's some like gun law or some shit where it's but yeah nobody really cares if you know, I live out in the country I swear to God I hear all the time I hear fucking what sounds like bump stocks no like I, I no one fucking cares. You know what I mean? Like it's like federal. Like I know they're federally legal or whatever right now. No one gives a shit. I hear guns going off all the time, like because I live on the country. 
No one cares. And it's like, I, I doubt any cops going after them. So in a sense, that's kind of like a smaller example of what I'm saying. But that's kind of a soft nullification. Yeah, maybe more of an individual level or community level or whatever. But you know, if we can start expanding that energy more and more to where it's like, yeah, there are laws, but I don't know. They only kind of come up if we're really trying to string someone else up for some other shit. You know what I mean? Like some chomo over there, whatever. We'll fucking get him for this other shit he's got that he's not supposed to do. But yeah, whatever. I mean, we don't really care about everybody else. Like who cares? You know, like it just becomes this like afterthought. And which is like, because I, I do feel like them to touch on again, everyone like thinks that we're just going to have this magical in Kapistan and it's going to be like, this is anarchy. But it's like, I feel like it's far more likely it's going to be that like, you know, I don't know. Say like, say your, your example of living out in the woods, like, yes, that is basically for the most part anarchy, but even then technically you could be like, well, you live within a state. It's like, yeah, but the state doesn't really fuck with me unless I start like killing people or some shit. Like they're going to, for the most part, leave me alone because I'm not interacting with anyone. Like, so, I mean, that's kind of energy that I would like instead of like a formal, because in some extent formalizing it just, sort of is almost like a state action war to some extent yeah and also it's like yeah it becomes this dicey weird shit whereas it'd just be better if you just kind of like well yeah it's not really doing that you know like i mean yeah maybe we're not formally in a separate country but we're basically behaving as one you know what i mean like that would be what i would like to see so yeah absolutely i would love that Mm. well we ended up talking very little about shit posting and got into all kinds of other fun stuff, but it, it was a lot of fun and I really appreciate it. Give you a chance to uh, plug everything you got and then we'll continue the conversation about me coming to work for you. <laughs> uh, this is uh, I'm Jose Galison of no way Jose. You can find me on the no way Jose YouTube channel. I'm also on the major, all the major podcatchers. I'm on Odyssey as well. Uh, yeah. If you'd like to give me money, patreon.com is no way Jose 2020. I think that's all my plugs. Oh, Twitter, uh, Ali San Jose. That's that's it. That's all I got. So thank you very much for joining me. This was a lot of fun, and we may have to do it again sometime. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. Thanks, Jose. Mm-hmm. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.